You are listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. This is our midweek, a quiet life podcast that focuses on living a quiet life, mind your own affairs, work with your hands, and be dependent upon nobody. For more information, visit us at thepursuitofmanliness.com. A couple months ago, I was speaking at a men's breakfast, and to begin the conversation, you know, I asked them the question, you know, what are some things that Jesus said? You don't have to know the chapter or verse, but just paraphrase, just, you know, what are, what are some things that he said that when you hear it, you think to yourself, oh, I know who said that. I know that was Jesus. That wasn't C.S. Lewis. That wasn't Charles Spurgeon. That wasn't you know, even Stephen Mansfield or anyone, that, that was Jesus. And so the guys kind of threw off some things, you know, threw out some things that they, they said, you know, this is, this is what we know Jesus said. And it got me thinking as I'm currently teaching through the book of Acts right now and, and Peter declaring to those who would have known the Old Testament incredibly well, you know, he's declaring the signs and wonders and works and and such that Jesus did, and they missed it. And as I was sitting here this morning in my own quiet time, you have a guy that I text every morning, uh, our thoughts on what we are reading. We're reading the same thing. We'll text each other our thoughts. Um, checking the phone. i got some text messages coming through. We're bombarded with a lot of stuff, a lot of information. And a lot of these things can suddenly make a quiet life a very busy life. And so then we aspire to live this life that is removed from those things. And as I've said before, I don't know if that's what God's calling us all to do. I don't think God's all is calling us all to go live on a compound somewhere where where people, you know, can only visit if they if they garner the the appropriate credentials or permission. I think that's misusing that verse. I think you can live a quiet life even amongst busy busyness and, and noise and people. I, I do think it's possible. I think a wise man does remove himself from those things from time to time as a reset to refocus. And that's why quiet time is important. That's why, you know, when you can, you know, getting away, Jesus often withdrew to, you know, desolate or solitary places that, that we need to do the same thing because it's good for us. And so what I want to do on this podcast, and, and I'll be anchored in the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew. If you're new to the Bible, it's the first book in the New Testament. So we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. This is the first gospel. And I'm going to read some verses of things Jesus said. Because I think two things that we need to land on today with this podcast. Number one, we need to understand if Jesus said it, that he's serious about it. He's serious about it. He's serious that, that these things are important. If Jesus said it, then that means we need to move on that. So it's important, but you hear important things all the time and think, that doesn't pertain to me. My wife and I get the school emails and you know, sometimes on the emails from the teams and stuff, and they'll say, picture day tomorrow. I think, doesn't pertain to me. I'm not picking out outfits. I don't do hair. I, I, it doesn't pertain to me. She'll take care of that. Like that, that 
that's her that's her spot that she's good at. They'll have the girls will have conversations with her. The the boy will have conversations with her. Probably not needed in picture day. And I think we can look at scripture sometimes and see it as picture day. We just don't see it as, you know, something that absolutely pertains to us. Now, I, and hopefully we'll, we'll we'll change that just a bit. But uh, let's let's walk through this. I'm going to start with Matthew chapter four, verse seventeen. From that time, Jesus began to preach, began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is the message of Jesus: repentance and acceptance. Right? Repent, turn from your sins, live the other way. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Imagine just for a moment if if you and your house just went sold out for the gospel. Like it changes the way you walk. It changes the way you talk. It impacts the way you spend your time. It impacts the way you spend your money. It impacts your kids' schedules. It impacts your relationships, your prayer life, your home, your how you conduct yourself, your social media. Imagine if you went all in on the gospel like that. Some of you would say, man, that's kind of radical. I think you're taking that too far. Well, you're going to be shocked at the words of Jesus if you if you think that's radical. You don't even want to tiptoe into the Old Testament if you think that's radical. Because compared to what, you know, the Old Testament compared to what Jesus called us to, Jesus is like, I want you amongst people. I want you doing these things. I I want you to let your light shine. We'll get into more of that in a second. I want you to be to do this. Don't don't go build communities where you go live away from everyone. Don't don't do that. Here's what I want you to do. I mean, sometimes just being the bad guy is a hard thing. Sometimes being the the dad that said no when everyone else has said sure. That's that's hard. Or picking out the prom dress. That you say, no, we're, we're not dressing like that. I know, Dad, but everyone else is wearing this type of dress. Everyone, and you, all right, you know, even though deep in your heart, you're like, I don't want to do that. No, no. I signed a contract to be the bad guy when necessary at the minimum of 18 years. That's the contract. That's the offer. We've done that when it comes to our kids' athletics. You know, we say, "Hey, we're, my kid was on soccer, travel ball." Yeah, we we don't we don't do Sunday sports, and if we do, it will definitely be after church. Our girls have played; uh, our girls still play. It's all three kids play. Yeah, it'll be after church, or not at all, or we just won't be there. And I know some of you guys you just, you just couldn't fathom that you you couldn't fathom that there would be a time or a day or anything that you would say no. And I, I've said for a long time, I used to coach and ref and. Very, very played for a long time. You don't care about that. But I've said it for a long time. If your kid's good enough, they'll play. I know, man, but, but everyone else is selling candy bars, and so we got to do it. And and then we show up there, and they all have their canopy tents and their camping chairs, and those are our friends and all that. And then what you do is you just keep tearing away from that that moral fabric of, of church and community and fellowship, and then, then you wonder why things begin to unravel. I mean, it's just the way it is. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. We're just a couple of verses below that. He said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I'm not a fisherman. I've done some fishing. I'm not good at it. I never know what we're fishing for. I don't know how you guys do that. I never know what we're fishing for. But I get the idea. I've gone to, I've, I've done some fishing. Had an uh, incredible fishing experience in Canada one time. It was the only time I've ever been to Canada. Incredible. 
what do you do? What's the question you ask fishermen when you meet them? Are you catching anything? We were up there in a couple different boats. So I was in a boat, and then there's some other guys in another boat. So, you know, two parties of us. And so you go up to the other boat and you say, Did you catch anything? I think we've lost that as Christians. We don't have that conversation amongst one another. Have you caught anything? What do you mean by have I caught anything, Jarrett? Are you sharing the gospel with anybody? Is anybody being converted? Because Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. Are you fishing for men? Oh, you mean that literally? Uh, yeah. Are you putting the bait in the water? So that's one of my challenges of fishing. I never know what I'm fishing for because when you, I have to have someone who's more experienced than I am. They say, well, in this lake or this pond or this river or this ocean, this is what I'm fishing for. This is what they go after. This is what it looks, oh, okay, that makes sense. We have to do the same thing in our world. This is what I'm going after. This is who I'm working on. This is who I'm praying for. And uh, here's some things they relate to. Might be athletics, might be books, might be hobbies, might whatever. Like that's what I'm going after. The question would be, how's the fishing? How's the fishing? If I, you and I interact with one another and we ask each other as we approach each other, how's the fishing? I say, it's pretty good. Or, you know what? Not good at all. Or, I haven't gone fishing ever. I've never tried to share my faith. I've never had someone I worked on to try to win them towards Jesus. Listen, we're not talking about beating someone in submission. We're talking about being fishers of men. You say, Jesus, I don't know what to do with that verse. He says, I got an idea. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before other, others that they may see your good works. Give glory to your fathers in he- Father in heaven. They may see your good works. Now, we're not trying to earn our salvation. I'm not trying to work my way into heaven, but works are an evidence of being saved. I mean, you weren't rescued from your life of sin to sit on the shore and just watch all the boats pass by. Christian life is not a permanent vacation. It's just not. Let your light shine before others. Those That others would be believers and non-believers. Other believers should see your good works. Sure. But so should non-believers. So what can they do? Glory. Give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Man, wouldn't it be great if heaven was just bombarded by glory? People giving glory to God because... We just outworked, outloved, outserved other people. Ah, talking to myself here. Verse 20. For I tell you, this is Matthew chapter 5 still, I tell you, unless your righteousness, your righteousness, it exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Do you ever just pass by that verse and think, it doesn't pertain to me. Unless your righteousness, your right way of living, unless it exceeds the scribes and the Pharisees. If you don't know the book of Matthew, if you don't know this story, let me tell you, it's pretty phenomenal. You talk about the scholars of the day. You talk about those who were held at least from a perspective standpoint in high esteem. It was the scribes and Pharisees. Oh, they made a mockery of the religious system. They made a mockery of the the commandments of God because they they thought well, that's good, but we're going to add to it. But Jesus says you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven unless your righteousness exceeds the scribes and the Pharisees. Matthew chapter five verse twenty. When I asked that verse that day, like hey, or I asked that question that day, hey, give me something that Jesus said 
Nobody said that. Nobody said that one. Matthew chapter 7. It's a couple pages over, 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. Those who enter by it are many. Okay. So if you're living like everybody else, and it's not that difficult to, in your, in your world, to follow Jesus, I mean, really difficult, it's going to lead to destruction. So if you look and live like a lot of other people, a good chance you're on the wrong road, just is. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. Narrowed roads, what do they make you do? Pay attention. Pay attention. He said, it's hard, but it gets you to life. Okay, good. And you and I listening to this or on this podcast right now together, and you say, narrow road for me. He said, those who find it are few. Does your life, does your marriage, does your social media presence, does your browsing history, does your cable package, does your whatever, does it feel like you're one of the very few that do that? I mean, it's Jesus saying this. Every once in a while coming back from a long trip, there'll be a, a wreck or construction or something, and the GPS will lead me to a different road. And there's one particular place that when we come back from uh, the Carolina coast, I can't remember what state it's in. I feel like it's Ohio. That it will often divert me to this two-lane road, and it drives me crazy. Because it's inevitable once you get on a two-lane road. You got semi-trucks. You can't, you got to use a restroom. There's no place to stop. I mean, and you look over to the left about, you know, three, four hundred yards, and you can see a highway. Now, the cars aren't moving. But you think, wouldn't it be faster to be on there? And the GPS is like, don't I know better? <laughs> you're, you're the driver. I'm the satellite thing in space, whatever. I think that's what we do sometimes. Like, wouldn't it be easier to be where everyone else is? And yeah, they're not going anywhere. They're, just, they're not going anywhere. You're getting to your destination. Don't we want to get to our destination? Don't we want to get to eternity with Jesus? Well, Jesus said, you might want to pay attention to some of these things. Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. We don't want to be sheep in the midst of wolves. We want to be sheep in the midst of sheep. Or we want to be nice wolves in the midst of wolves. I send my kids to that school every day, and they get to be salt and light wolves. I go to those places. I go to those places with my friends. I know it's not good, but I'm going to be a light wolf. I'm going to be like, I'm going to look like you and I'm going to act like you. I'm going to dress like you. I'm going to be where you're at, but I'm a nicer wolf. Jesus said, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be as wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men. They'll deliver you over to courts, flog you in their synagogues. He said, uh, it's going to get rough. Verse 22. Matthew chapter 10, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. You'll be hated by all. And I don't want to be hated. I got, I'm getting to the point in my life. I th I'm at the point in my life where when you find out people don't like you, they're mad at you, they've been dogging you or whatever, that's disappointing, but what are you going to do? I mean, I, and I don't mean that arrogantly, but what are you going to do? We're not on this, the you know the playground no more. 
I don't have to like try to win you my friends so we can you know play kickball together. There are going to be people in this world that just don't like you. <clears throat> Sometimes it's because of you. <clears throat> I like to say the people in my world who don't like me, it's because I'm too charming. I'm too nice. It's not those things. It's, you know, I get it. But sometimes it's because of this. It's because of Jesus. I've had some people in my life that, <clears throat> forgive me, that I was close with or friends with, and then you get to Jesus and that's over. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to have to go with Jesus on that one. I'm going to have to decide it's better to follow Jesus. So now, following Jesus, knowing that those people were not, were not running in the same circle anymore, it kind of ups, ups the ante of making sure we get this thing right. Because they're going to check in and observe. It's, it, that is inevitable. You'll be hated all for my namesake. We don't even like if the kid's coach doesn't like us. We don't like it if the, all the people sitting in the camping chairs yelling off sides the whole game don't like us. Like, we want to be in good with the PTA, PTO, all that. We want to be in good with everybody we can be in good with. And so we don't want anyone to hate us. We don't want anyone to look at our kid with disdain. Or we don't want anyone to look at our home. Or anyone to look at, you know, like, it's expected that you're going to be here. Okay, 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 okay. No, we don't want to do that. We would never want anyone to, to see us in that light. So this idea of the one who endures to the end will be saved, I think we have a lot of people with no endurance. We got a lot of wimpy people out there. You know, when you go to like a, like a Christmas meal, there's the good plates, right? The really good, durable plates. They cost a little more money. You still throw them away, but they're good. I mean, they're, they're built like they, you know, they came off the back of a UPS truck. I mean, they are, they're, they're, they're good plates. Then there's those crummy plates that you grab one, you've actually grabbed three. They're so thin, you don't even realize you grabbed three. And you can't sit with those plates. Like there's a commercial about it. Like it's going to dump your food. Some people are those plates. They just can't handle anything. You just can't handle anything. You fold. There's no endurance in your life. You're wimpy. You have something that goes on, on Saturday. You might have to take a day or two or three or four just to recover. I'm so tired. I don't know. I'm like, you're a wimp. You just are. You can't handle things. And so you want the rest of the world to keep the things spinning, and then you're going to rest up. Come on. The one who endures to the end will be saved. How's your endurance? There's some really wimpy people out there. In our church, they're filled with them. I'm not talking about my like churches in general are filled with them. They're wimpy. I used to build large teams, large children's teams, and I I, I would just be fuddled. Every once in a while, there'd be an individual and say, "Hey, um, I I have so much going on right now. I need to take. I, I need to stop serving." And I think of one individual in particular on one night where it was, um, and that's the first thing that goes right. Like for a lot of people, when you're just so tired, I'm just you stop serving the church. You, you attend, but you don't want to have to be involved in anything because then you have to feel guilty if you're not there. So this individual, not only would they, they only served once a month. Once a month? We had four services. They picked once a month to serve and to not go to church then. They went, did their serving, they left. That's wimpy. You just can't handle it. Mark 10, 34. Don't think I would come to bring peace but a, but to the earth. I'm not come to bring peace but a sword. He goes through the list. 
If you don't know the list, read it, 34 to 39, 38. Whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That's a tough one for those guys who have Jesus patting everyone on the head. I'm not come to bring peace to earth. Not come to bring peace, but a sword. He says, we're going we're gonna to make right a number of things here. Mark or Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. How's the fruit? What fruit is coming from your life? What fruit is coming from your life that you say, uh, here's some things I'm involved in, here's some things we're seeing. And, and, and again, humility will, will say, this is not because of me, but God is using me to bring about these fruits right now. The tree is known by its fruit. How would you, you be described? we got a pear tree out here. I hate pears. Everyone else in the family loves them. So pears, pears. we got pears coming out of our ears. Pear tree. I know it's a pear tree because pears fall off the tree. They pick them off. They. What comes from your life? There's some seasons where I say, I mean, I don't know. This season... Maybe not very a lot of fruit, some seasons more than others, but right now. Matthew 18. Again, these are just Jesus' words. If you're going to be in Christ, we need to know Jesus' words. Verse 7, Woe to the world for temptations to sin. For it is necessary that temptations come. It is necessary that temptations come? I don't know about you, I'd like to get rid of all the temptations, right? He says, they come. We didn't go looking for them. We didn't go to places where temptations are. Woe, but it's necessary for them to come. But woe to the one by whom the temptation comes. It's necessary. Why is it necessary for temptation to come? Because you have been given everything you need to overcome that temptation. Now, here's the problem, men. There are some men, and I've been in this place before too, that when you have a bad day, you turn to your thing. It might be drinking. It might be pornography. It might be another form of addiction. It might be your anger. It might be... Uh, the way you talk, you know, um, it might, it, it's, it's, the, the list is endless. I think for a lot of guys, it's going to be alcohol and or pornography. I say and because a lot of times those two things are connected. And so you had a bad day, whatever. You don't feel good about yourself. Your wife's not sleeping with you. You're a single guy, so you can justify it. Whatever. You have these things, you just go, well, no, no. listen. That's not enduring. That's folding. He said, Woe to the world for temptations to sin. It's necessary for temptations to come. Faith, endurance, hope. If you fold, if you get into your pornography, if you get into alcohol, if you get into other forms of addiction, or gambling is an addiction too, uh, anger, whatever, whatever whatever your thing is, your extremism, whatever your go-to emotion or behavior is, when you're down and out and hungry and lonely and defeated and all those things, how could you ever possibly help someone when they go through some stuff like that? Man, dude, I'm struggling right now. Would you pray for me? Actually, I'm not the guy because when I struggle, I go look at things on the internet I'm not supposed to look at. Oh, thanks. That's real helpful. Yeah, I know. It's not helpful to me either. Do you, you see what the problem is there? He said, temptations are going to come. You overcome them. What happens when you overcome temptation? You grow. I mean, you grow a bit more, right? 
Matthew chapter 28. A lot of you know this, but I'll read it so that way we all, all know it here. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus came and said to them, again, these are all Jesus' words, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. How's the fishing going? Not fishing. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always to the end of age. Jesus is giving us a command that we need to go and make disciples. He doesn't say, I've raised up or I'm equipping or I'm calling some people to go and make disciples. Uh, here's what they're going to do, but here's what the rest of you guys are going to do. Listen, I say that because I just believe there are guys that listen to this, watch it on YouTube, whatever. Who You, you hear me read these. These are all in Matthew. And this is just a small portion of what Jesus said. I mean, the whole book is, his, is him. Right, if he's the logos, right? I just think there's people that listen to this or watch this or whatever and say, doesn't pertain to me. I'm not doing that. Either I don't know enough, I'm too busy, I've, 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 I've done too much junk in my life, I'm not doing that. And I'm telling you, that's one of the most dangerous frames of mind you can have. To hear what Jesus said, or to read it for yourself and say, yeah, but no. To have your eyes open and your ears closed. I mean, we see it every weekend. Eyes open, ears closed, arms crossed. Go out in the hallway, talk to them about you know, their hobby, talk to them about work, talk to them about you know, a sports team, talk to them about, what, oh man, can't shut up. Ask them, what did Jesus actually say? Uh, golden rule that we need to go the extra mile, turn the other cheek. But I mean, I, I want you to know it does matter if we know what he says. And we say raise the standard, that's not just a phrase, that, that's what we're trying to do. Guy, it matters what Jesus said. And it matters what we do with it. Because if you have a bunch of Christians, or one, but if you have a bunch, let's say in your church, who say, I'm not doing that, what you end up with is an immature church. You have a bunch of, of people, men and women, who say, not going to do anything with whatever this guy tells me today or with whatever I read today. I'm just going to do it. You end up with immature people. And then your church tries to build ministries and discipleship and evangelism and missions and all that on the backs of immature people. It's not going to last. That's why people get their feelings hurt. It's why people leave. That's why people get in fights. It's why they bicker. It's why they gossip. It's why they leverage their keys and chairs and they, all that, all that. It's so petty. You have an, you'll have immature church and we'll have immature people. I, I, I've said on a number of occasions, when you look at tribe, when you look at the herd now, when you look at these, when you look at the men's retreat for crying out loud, as far as like who comes and what it's about, these are not, overall, these are not immature people. And so when you get mature people together, now granted, we're pulling this net really wide. 
So tribe is global. Tribe, you know, we're in the UK, Canada, and the US right now. And so when you get together, like on Zoom last night, we talked about care. And we talked about, like, I want you to know, I, I that was a really sound and solid conversation with guys from, I, I don't know where all they're from. It doesn't matter. Some men would want no part of that. Because if you're honest, you're intimidated by that. It makes you uncomfortable. But if you never do that, if you never up your game, if you never jump in and get in and start, it'll never happen. It will never happen. And so you'll remain at an immature level the rest of your life. And so instead of growing wiser, you grow older. We're all going to get older, but some people just grow older. Don't you know that? Don't you know that? That you've seen that. There's people that grow older and wiser. Like you want to be around them. You want to listen to them. You want them to listen to you, et cetera. Isn't that what we want? Well, you don't get that by reading self help books. You get that by knowing the words of Jesus and then attempting to live them out. And I'll tell you, those guys, like in tribe and in the herd, in the conversations that, that we're having, it's not because of me. It's not because. Jared is this great sage that sits on a mountain and everyone comes to sit at my feet and let me hear what Jared says. I mean, I think I have a couple ideas, but let me tell you, it, it's the engagement of mature people. And if you're one of those guys that go, I just don't know. And I just, right. I've been there too. I've been there too, where I thought, I don't want any part of that. That's intimidating. But then it also hit me. You're not going to do yourself any good by avoiding it. And so if you have an immature church, if, you, if you're teaching 12th graders like you're teaching 2nd graders, that isn't going to work, right? You don't expect 2nd graders to be 12th graders. And you expect 12th graders to not be 2nd graders. You can't move forward. If you don't have mature believers, you just can't move forward. Now listen, I don't want to wrap up this podcast that we all feel condemned. I'd rather I'd wrap up this podcast and say... We feel examined. We took a look at ourselves. We look at the words of Jesus and we say, how is the fishing? <laughs> how is my, my good works? How's my righteousness? Am I on the narrow gate? Am I a sheep in the midst of wolves? Am I as wise as serpents, innocent as doves? Am I taking up my cross, following Jesus? Am I overcoming temptation? Am I making disciples? You know, if you go to the doctor and they give you the results of a test, don't you want the truth of the, the examination? That's what we want to do. You get the results from your test, you don't like the answer from the doctor, you say, I'm going somewhere else. And then some people do that three, four, or five times. Some people do that with their churches. I'll go somewhere else. Until they find a place that will just kind of entertain them and have edgy titles and talk about fun, lighter things. and you know. But that doesn't change the truth. That will never change the truth. And if we really believe, and some of you do believe this, some of you don't, I'm sure, that we will stand before God one day and give an account for our life, wouldn't it stand to reason that we don't just accidentally end up there? 
if it matters where you spend eternity, then wouldn't it make, stand a reason you don't just accidentally end up there? If you're going on vacation and you can't wait to go there and you've planned for it and you anticipated it, wouldn't it stand a reason that you would at least look the address up before you took off on that day to try to get there? Because you're not just going to end up there or wandering there unless your vacation is your backyard. It's not going to happen. It's the same way with the kingdom of heaven. You don't just wander into it. And so if we're going to get there through Jesus, and we believe we are, then I, then I think we need to know what he says. Amen? Just think about that. A lot of verses there. If you, if you want to remember them all, just read the Gospel of Matthew. Amen? I'll talk to you in a little bit. Thank you for listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. If you would, make sure to visit iTunes and leave a five-star review to let others know what you think of this show. When you get a chance, make sure to visit thepursuitofmanliness.com to see what is available in the gear store, find more information out about Tribe, and much more. Thanks for listening, and let's keep pursuing biblical manliness. Manliness.